we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd ask you to open your Bibles, please, to the book of Numbers, chapter 14. And tonight, we're talking about Caleb, a man with another spirit. Another spirit. Numbers 14. You know, Sunday night, Pastor Cruz did a tremendous job. It was a great Sunday. It was a great Sunday. The message Pastor preached was powerful. Sunday night, Pastor Cruz preached. And I was sitting over here with my wife, and he said, Numbers, chapter 13. I thought, oh, no. I thought, well, surely he's not going to talk about Caleb at all. Because, I mean, after all, Lord, we've been talking about this for some time. I mean, we had it in the, in the flyer <laughs> three months ago. He's not going to talk about Caleb. And, uh, and he did. So I'm, I'm nervous, thinking, oh, goodness, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to preach? And fortunately, he, he took a little bit of a... Uh, a, a different direction, and God used it in a powerful way. And, and then the Lord reminded me. He said, look, I've led him to preach what he's preaching, and I'll lead you to preach what you're supposed to preach. And uh, so I think it complements and actually saves some time tonight with giving a little bit of the background. So let's jump in. Numbers chapter 14, and look with me at verse 22. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt in the and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for the scripture. I pray you'd guide me as I preach and that you would give us open minds, open hearts to your word, that we would yield and that you would change us to be more like Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Another spirit. What is another spirit? Well, quite honestly and plainly, it simply means a different spirit. And we understand the story. I want to give you just a little bit of, of background. Uh, Numbers picks up about a month after the end of Exodus. And so Caleb and Joshua and the other ten spies and all of the people that came out with Moses got to see some pretty tremendous things, didn't they? They got to see the power of God cripple the strongest nation on the face of the earth at that time, the Egyptian government and their power, and to reveal through uh, Moses and through these miracles that there is only one God and one God to serve and to worship with all power. And God revealed himself to his people. God revealed himself to the Egyptians and the, and the others. And, and through those mighty miracles, the Pharaoh let go of his hold upon God's people, and they left Egypt. They left with many of the, the riches and goods and, uh, from the people of Egypt, 
and headed toward the promised land. And they were moving. And they travel and, and of course, as you know, they build the tabernacle. God gives them instructions. And upon that tabernacle, uh, the, uh, the, the pillar of a cloud by day and fire by night. And God was leading them. And when that pillar would lift from the tabernacle, they were to pick up their things and move. And God was moving them forward. God was taking them where He wanted them to go. Where was He taking them? Well, He was taking them to the promised land. He was taking them to that wonderful place of milk and honey and, and uh, the promises that He had given to their fathers previously. He was taking them there. But I noticed something in the Scripture, and I, I just want to challenge you to look at it in, in thinking in the context of how God is working in our midst as a church. Every time that they picked up and moved on, there was trouble. There was complaining. Every time they had to move, every time they were to go forward, and I don't know if it was that they just didn't realize that God was leading them to something far greater, and they just despised the inconvenience of it, but nonetheless, every time that they moved, there was something that happened, some criticism, some murmuring, until finally God told them that you're not going to move anymore. You're going to wander in this wilderness, and all of you that are 20 years and older are going to die in this wilderness. You remember Moses had sent spies into the land, and, and the spies came back with a great report, didn't they? They were honest about the fruit of the land, but then when it came down to, the, uh, to, to brass tacks, when it came down to doing something about it, as they gave their report to the people, ten of them gave an evil report of this blessed land, of these wonderful things that they saw. It was amazing that how in their eyes and because of fear that something so good became so despised. They despised the land. They called it evil. And you understand that fear turns blessing into cursing. We often speak evil of that which we are afraid to attempt and to obey. And so because of their fear, they began to bring doubt into the minds and hearts of the congregation. And the Bible tells us that Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But their evil report prevailed. The people were discouraged. Judgment came through Moses that those who were 20 years old and upward were going to die in the wilderness. But their seed, their children, would make it there. And Caleb would get to go into the promised land. And Joshua would get to go into the promised land. But the only one of that, of that group and of that congregation, because he had another spirit. He had a different spirit. One that was enabled by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to give you three thoughts tonight concerning Caleb, a man with another spirit. First of all, we'll look at some places here in the, in the text of chapter 13 and chapter 14. But number one, Caleb did not allow fear to keep him from moving forward. This was a big deal. They were really facing a stronger people. They were really facing walled cities. They were really facing adversaries uh, that numbered more than their armies. They... It was a real thing, but Caleb chose to not allow fear to keep him from moving forward. It doesn't tell us that Caleb wasn't afraid. It shows us that Caleb didn't allow that fear to stop him from doing what God had given him to do. He didn't allow fear to keep him from moving forward. What were they fearing? Well, they feared the unknown. 
They didn't know what was ahead. They didn't know exactly what to expect. And oftentimes we fail to go forward because we want to know every step and every, uh, we want every T crossed and every I dotted. But God doesn't always give us that luxury. He wants us to trust Him and go forward in faith. There was the fear of the enemy. They were a real enemy. They were powerful. They were strong. Their cities were walled and, and uh, there were giants in the land. And they were afraid of the enemy and what was coming. And, and Caleb had that same fear, but he wouldn't allow the fear to stop him from doing what God wanted him to do. There was the fear of his own comrades, his own countrymen, who were trying to pr prove their point as to why they shouldn't go into the land, why they couldn't go into the land. And in verse 14, or chapter 14 and verse number 10, uh, 9 and 10, Caleb and Joshua stand and they're speaking to the congregation and they're saying, Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. There was a fear in the heart of Caleb and Joshua, I imagine even of their own comrades, ready to pick up stones. Those that had gone with them, uh, gone with Caleb and Joshua to spy out the land and that, that saw the fruit of the land and brought back the grapes and the figs and the pomegranates and, and a land that was full of milk and honey, a, a prosperous land, exactly what they were hoping for and that they knew God had promised. And now those same ones were picking up stones and threatening to stone uh, Joshua and Caleb, and Caleb had fear just like the rest of, of them. But the difference between Caleb, Joshua, and the other ten spies and the rest of the people is, number one, Caleb didn't allow fear to keep him from moving forward. Fear is one of the uh, most powerful tools that Satan uses to keep God's people standing still. Fear paralyzes us. We get to considering all the other things uh, temporally and all the other items going on around us, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the enemy. Look, we, we have a real enemy. We understand that, right? And his desire is to do nothing but to steal and to kill and to destroy everything and all of the influence that God has given us. And he's a real enemy. And he's been uh, on your back, and he's been on, our, uh, on my back, and, and he wants to stop Tabernacle Baptist Church from going forward in faith. But may we, like Caleb, decide that we're not going to allow fear to keep us from following God and moving forward. Because in the midst of this fear, Caleb chose to simply believe God. Caleb had another spirit, a spirit of faith. Numbers 13.30, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. We can do this if God be with us. Folks, you understand that faith must always be, or fear, I'm sorry, fear must always be answered by faith. Always. Caleb and Joshua spoke to the people and they encouraged them, they they rent their clothes and they tried to convince them and, and, and show the people that it was an exceeding good land. In verse 8 of chapter 14, If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Don't rebel. Believe God. Let's go forward. Fear them not. 
The Bible reminds us, as New Testament believers, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And the life and the greatest life that we can live is a life of faith. The greatest blessings that we can enjoy is a life of faith. And the Bible teaches us in Hebrews that God is not pleased except with our faith. You remember Jesus in the tempest. He was on a ship with the disciples and he was sleeping. And the tempest came and they were fearful afraid that they were going to die, and they wake up Jesus and they, they, they ask Him, uh, do something before we perish. And Matthew 8.26 says, And He saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Wasn't Jesus with them? Isn't Jesus with us? Don't we have the same access to His presence through the Spirit of God? Don't we have the same access to His power? Don't we have the same access to His wisdom as the others do? We have the same access as the disciples had through the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that He then arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey Him? At first, they were focused on all of the, of the fearful things. But when Jesus revealed Himself, when they got their eyes on the Lord, He showed them that He could carry them through and that He was in control of it all. You see, the ten spies focused on obstacles, fear, failure. We can't do this. Frailty. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And in our sight also. But Caleb focused on omnipotence. He focused on the faith in believing that God would do what He said He would do. He had seen it many, many times as they come out of Egypt and through the wilderness and how God provided for them. His, his eyes focused upon the fruit of what God had promised to give them and the future of where they were going. And that really is the difference between another spirit and the spirit of the other ten spies. They focused on the obstacles, but he focused on omniscience. You see, Caleb didn't allow fear to keep him from moving forward. But secondly, Caleb did not allow others' failures and its personal effect on him to make him bitter. The judgment came. They were going to wander. And that meant that Caleb and Joshua wandered with them. And imagine through the next 38 plus years from that point, a total of 40 wandering Caleb saw comrades die. He watched as friends died. And as God continued to provide for them and meet their needs, even in the wilderness, God was faithful to them. But he watched even his family die. And he could have been very bitter. He could have gotten very upset. He could have gotten very angry. But it goes a step further in his thinking and in my thinking that as Caleb not only saw people that he knew, that he loved, that he had gone through some things with, he also realizes that now he 
and his family, totally innocent, have to bear that same burden, have to bear that same load. We would think it's just not fair, and in our minds, it's not fair. It's not right. And we would be tempted to be upset. We would be tempted to be angry and to be bitter. He, Caleb, endured judgment to no fault of his own, completely innocent. And yet we find that as he goes through these 40 years and watches, oh, and I imagine that many of these folks regretted the decisions that they made and confessed that. But we understand that Caleb simply had to rest in God. He had, to, he had to realize and he knew that God was going to lead them. If he led them to this point, he was going to lead them through it. And he had to rest in God. The Bible says that he followed fully. He followed not just with what he did, but he followed fully from his heart. He didn't understand why things had to be the way they were. He didn't understand why they turned out the way they did, but they did, and he had a choice to make. And he chose to follow God fully. He was a man of patience. He was a faithful man because he followed God fully. And may I encourage you and I tonight that we not allow the negatives of our past to hinder and to control our future. So oftentimes we, we fail to move forward because we're so preoccupied with what's happened in the past. And sometimes what's happened in our past is a result of our own sin and the result of our, our, our own decisions. And God in His great mercy, as we bring those things to Him, can forgive those things and rebuild our lives and set our feet on the right path and use our lives for His glory if we won't allow what's in the past to hinder us. What's in the past needs to stay in the past and we're to keep moving forward for God. We're to learn from it. We're to gain wisdom from it. But we're to take that and move forward. But what about when... Bad things happen in our lives and it's not your fault. It's not your sin, but it's someone else's. And it's at that point that you and I have to make a choice. Are we going to believe God? Are we going to trust God? Are we going to rest in God? And even though we don't understand and we don't know all the details and, and we can't fully comprehend it, will we decide to believe that God is going to lead us through it? Will we fully follow Him? Don't allow the negatives of your past to hinder or control your future. Paul said in Philippians 3, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. 
Forgetting who he was before he got saved and forgetting all the, the good and the positive and the victories that, that he has won. Forgetting all of those things and let's just keep moving forward. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, striving forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I have to believe that Caleb decided to forgive Jesus is on the cross. He is innocent. And yet the wrath of man is being poured upon him. Beaten, tormented, buffeted, scourged, crown of thorns, nailed to a cross, blasphemed, spat upon his beard, plucked. He endured all of the wrath of man. And he was innocent. And then God poured the wrath, His judgment upon sin as Jesus became sin for us and poured the wrath, the judgment against sin upon our Savior on the cross and Jesus Christ before He died and was buried, drank that entire cup of God's wrath. He suffered death and hell for all humanity. And before He died, one of the things He said is, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I imagine Caleb had to have that same spirit, that same spirit that, that uh, beat in the, in the chest of our Savior, that Caleb had been enabled by the Lord with the same spirit of the innocent Lamb of God to forgive them and keep moving forward. Nobody moves forward by looking backward. And we know that Caleb moved forward. God will never lead us where His grace cannot provide for us and His power cannot protect us. And wherever you are, and in your hurt and in your confusion, wherever you are in life with with. Uh, the pain to know that, that the, the, the torment and the pain that you're feeling came as a result of someone else and no fault of your own. May I remind you to look to the Savior and to seek His help and His strength and His Spirit to forgive. And not to forgive primarily for the sake of the other, but to forgive for your own sake so that you can put those things behind you and allow God to give you the wisdom that you need to go forward for Him and to help others who may need you in that path and on that journey. Caleb followed God fully. Not just when things were good, but especially when they were not. Caleb didn't allow others' failures and its personal effect on him to make him bitter. Caleb did not allow fear to keep him from moving forward. And lastly, number three, Caleb did not allow his frailty to keep him from conquering and claiming what God had promised him. He didn't allow his frailty to keep him from conquering and claiming what God had promised him. Turn to Joshua chapter 14. Just a couple of books over. Joshua chapter number 14. We fast forward 
They've wandered in the wilderness. Those 20 years old and upward have, have, have passed away. They've died. The next generation is coming up. Joshua has led them. They've conquered a great uh, bit of the, of the promised land by this point. Joshua and the elders and others are dividing up the land. And Caleb has a request. He was 40 years old when he was sent as a spy. Now 45 have passed. The Bible says in verse number 6 of chapter 14, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast fully followed, wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he, had, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron is a very special place. Uh, it's one of the most ancient cities in, uh, in the world still in existence today. Uh, it was where Abraham and Sarah were, were buried. Or entombed. It was where um, uh, Isaac and Rebekah, uh, Jacob and Leah, it was where David reigned from for seven years, the first seven and a half years of, of his reign, in Hebron. And they come to Hebron, verse 14. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron before was Kirjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. He made it. It was a long and hard journey, but he made it. An 85-year-old body, but he still had a 40-year-old faith. An 85-year-old body, but he still had a 40-year-old zeal. A 40-year-old passion, a 40-year-old desire. The body had changed, but what was in here has not changed. And now he's there. And Caleb said, now therefore give me this mountain. I love it. I don't want to challenge you folks closer to Caleb's age. I was trying to figure out how to say that. <laughs> there, are, there are men and ladies in this church that have been here for many, many years. 
And now we, we see them a little slower than they were. And uh, things that come along with age. As you get to know some of them, you realize they still have a passion for God. They still have a zeal for the Lord. They, they still want to move forward. They still want to see God do something big. They want to see Tabernacle to continue to move forward and, and obey the Lord and, and be used and to see things that are exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. You know, I realized that and have read, and I won't share all of those with you now, but some of the greatest works and contributions and achievements to, to humanity were accomplished by people over 60 years old. Hey, there's hope. You know what that means? That means that they dreamed and they failed, and they dreamed and they failed, and they dreamed and they were innocent, and things happened that wasn't their fault, but they kept on going and they kept on trying and they kept on trying to do it, and God enabled them to do it. Think of Abraham, how old he was. Or how about Moses? The greatest works Moses did was as a senior citizen. Or Joshua, along with Caleb. Or Deborah, a mother in Israel, the prophetess. Or how about Daniel? Changed two empires because he had an excellent spirit. Or Simeon and Anna and the privilege that they were given. Or the widow, who when she gave her two mites, Jesus saw it and said she gave all that she had. Numbers 14, 24, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Caleb made it, but that was not his greatest accomplishment. Stay with me. And his seed shall possess it. You see, Caleb's eyes, maybe in his 40s, was on the fact that he was going to get to go to the promised land. He believed that. And it didn't happen exactly the way he thought. Now his children have grown up. Grandchildren, maybe great-grandchildren. He's, he's 85 years old. He's no longer thinking of, of how long he's going to be able to enjoy the promised land. He's thinking of his kids. He's thinking of his grandbabies. He's thinking of his great-grandchildren. And he's got the zeal of the 40-year-old man and the passion of God in him and a faith that moves him forward in his 85 years of life. And he says, I want that mountain, but it's not for me. It's for those who come after me. It's for those that are sitting on the front row. It's for those that are over in the school that we do what we do. Some have gotten on the sidelines and have decided that we'll let the younger crowd take care of it and the younger crowd do things. And, and yes, the younger crowd needs to do things. But we still need you. We still need your wisdom. We still need your service. We still need your heart. We still need your passion. We still need your testimony. We need to hear it. We need to be challenged by it. We need to be encouraged by it. And you're the only ones that can give it to us. His eyes were on the next generation. Turn with me just real quick to Psalm 71.
Psalm 71, this is Psalm of, of David. <clears throat> David says, Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. David understood that he's still here. He's still got something to do. He can't do the way he used to, but he still had enemies. There were still unknowns. There were still fears that he faced. And he's asking God to help, and then he comes to verse number 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. You see, if Caleb can continue to serve, then so can you. By the way, if these folks that are seniors can continue to serve, so can you. And you don't have to wait. You can start now. Some of you that are on the sidelines and you've kind of put things aside, stop looking behind you and, and get back in the fight. Get back in the race and, and let God use your life. If we, if we expect it of others and the older, then, then you should be willing to step up and follow them. Oh, I love the statement that Caleb said, give me this mountain. Maybe you have mountains that, in your life that need to be conquered. You have a marriage that's, that's struggling, and it's a mountain. But God can help you. A mountain of debt and financial struggle. And you feel like there's no end in sight and nothing can be done. But I want you to know God can help you. And God can get you through that. A mountain of relationships that are crumbling. A mountain of struggles in your relationship with your parents. The Tabernacle Baptist Church has a mountain... And God is leading. God is showing us Himself along the way and through the process to get us where He wants us to be in this next step. May we all say tonight with passion renewed and zeal and love for the Lord and faith in Him, may we renew and say to the Lord, whatever our mountain is, may we say, God, Give me that mountain. I want to move forward. I want to put things behind me. I want to trust you, and I'm going to trust you. For those of you in your senior years, age may require changes in the work of your service, but it never supplies a reason to quit serving. Let's keep serving God together. Not for just your sake, but for those that are coming behind you. There's still mountains to claim, not just for us, but those who come behind us. Caleb was a man of faith. He had another spirit. And he followed God fully. And he did that because the Spirit of God was in him. And we can do the same thing. Would you bow with me tonight, please? Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. 
There, you will find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.